Good morning, Say What family. How are we feeling today? Are we feeling good? Are we feeling excited? Are we feeling ready to talk about public floor physical therapy? Let me know. Welcome back to the Say What podcast. I am so excited and honored that you are spending part of your day with me. My name is Hannah, if we have not met yet or DM'd on Instagram, because I feel like even though a lot of us have not met in person, we are still besties because we talk on Instagram all the time. And like, I know the like depths of your life. So I feel like we're friends anyway. And you know the depths of my life. I put way too much of my life on the internet. Oh, that's fine. Um, But I just feel like we're friends already. So, and you guys are catching up on that too. You're like, we're friends, right? I'm like, yes, yes, we are. So welcome back to the Say What Podcast, all my friends. I hope you're doing well. Hope today is the perfect day for you. Um, Let's start off with some life updates. The only really life update I have is that I'm working a lot, and I don't say that in a braggy way. I just say that is my reality right now. I'm fully working from home now. I started my social media management job this week, and it's so much fun. I'm loving doing it, and I'm also doing my bridal show job a lot, and I doubled my hours with them. So I am just working a lot, trying to figure out my flow because it's a lot. So it's really fun. I love it having a great time, but I'm just in like busy mode because all of our bridal shows are in January. And so we are like weeks away from the shows happening. And so we got a lot of work to do, but it's okay. I'm loving it. I just like needed to tell you guys that I'm working a lot because that's probably why I'm not on Instagram as much as I want to be because I'm working. So hopefully I'm going to figure out this flow soon. I like just got to figure it out. I will figure it out. It's fine. Working from my couch a lot because my desk is really wobbly right now. Um, It's really fine. We'll have to figure something out. It's really stressing me out because it's super wobbly. So working from my couch, but having a great time on my couch. So that's really the only life update I have. Like, really, really nothing. So um, something I am starting to do is I, um, I'm in this group from who with my life coach, um, Date Your Soul Co, Haley Lynn Carpenter. And something that she talked about is like making intentions for December and like what you're going to do daily. And so I have made it an intention of mine to journal every day and walk 30 minutes each day. And I started this like two days ago and I did it the first day. I did not do it the second day. Honestly, I could have journaled. Don't know why I didn't journal, but the second day it snowed and it was super cold because it was snowing. And so I didn't really want to walk in the snow. And I think that's fair. So today I'm going to go on our 30 minute walk. It's going to happen. Tom, I'm making Thomas come with me. He doesn't know that, but he just learned that. So he's going to come with me and we're going to do this walk. And I'm like on my walk, I'm usually like listening to worship music and praying. And so spending time with Jesus on my walk and it's just been really good the one time I've done it. So going to try to keep doing that. It's super, I think, really beneficial for me to do that and like get my body moving. And something I'll be honest about with journaling is like, this is something Satan does with me. And my therapist always has to remind me of this because I forget. And like something that Satan really likes to do is make me really anxious anytime I'm like thinking about spending time with Jesus or anytime I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and journal and I'm going to pray. Satan likes to be like, hey, that means it's going to be emotional. And that's like not fun to do. And you don't want to be emotional because it means you're going to be exhausted. So you probably just shouldn't do that. And that's something that Satan really likes to say in my head a lot. And so honestly, like reading my Bible and spending intentional time praying and journaling is like kind of hard for me because that's something that I'm always kind of fighting. But once I like sit down and do it, 
is really great and I love the time, but it's like a really hard thing. So that's why I'm like, okay, I'm just going to set my intention every day just to journal. I like am using prompts from Haley Lynn, which is really helpful because then I feel like I have some guidance on what I'm journaling about, but something I'm like trying to work through. And so I just want to like tell you guys that because if I felt like really crazy for having anxiety about spending time with Jesus when I like really love Jesus and love spending time with Jesus when I'm actually doing it. But the beginning part is really scary and really hard. And so I just wanted to share that with with you guys in case you are feeling that way too. I want you to know that you're not alone, that we just like got to fight Satan's like tendencies to get in our head and just sit down and do it. Um, I don't have a lot of encouragement for you because I'm literally in the middle of it. I feel like I've been in the middle of that for a really long time, but something I'm working through, wanted to share that with you in case you're working through it as well. So that's all I got today for life updates. Really nothing going on. I'm in my head pretending that I'm on the Morning Toast podcast. So if I start talking like them, I'm really sorry. I'm just really obsessed with Claudia and Jackie right now. Okay, let's get into the topic for today. So today we are going to talk about what to expect in pelvic floor physical therapy. Um, I've had a lot of questions about this, which I'm super excited about because I think it's really good for us to talk about this. And I'm going to do a big Q&A at the end. I didn't even count how many questions there are, but there are a lot. So just know like as I'm talking about this, if like you asked a question on Instagram this week, I'm going to get to it. Um, They're just at the end, but we're going to talk about pelvic floor physical therapy. And if you have your first appointment coming up, here are some tips on how to prepare and how to just prepare for pelvic floor physical therapy in general. So this pelvic floor physical therapy, this kind of therapy is a lot more intense than other therapies. In my opinion, I've not done a lot of other kind of physical therapy. Well, I did one one time because I like messed up my like back and shoulders from cheerleading. But anyways, that's another story of another day. Someone dropped me. It's fine. But i um, I, w- I was a flyer, believe it or not. Anyways, going off topic, I this kind of therapy is just different. It's a lot more personal. It's a lot more like just intense because you're working with certain parts of your body that you like to keep more private than just like if your arm breaks and you have to go to therapy for that. That's a little bit different than going for your pelvic floor. And so I do think that this kind of therapy really takes some intentional preparation for, and it's really good to know what's going to actually happen during your appointment. And when I got diagnosed with vaginismus and was told that I was going to, that I should go to pelvic floor physical therapy, I started looking it up. Like I wanted to know what my appointment was going to look like while it was happening And I couldn't really find anything in there. I'm like, how in the world do you do therapy in my pelvic floor? I do not understand. That does not make sense to me. And so what is it actually going to look like? And I couldn't really find any information. So that's what we're going to talk about today, what your appointments will look like. And I am speaking from experience here. But just know like your experience may be different because I think every therapist kind of has their own way of doing therapy. And so if you're going to felt floor physical therapy and you're like, mine looks a lot different than this, that's okay. This is just my experience and I want to share it with you. And I've been to two types of pelvic floor physical therapy. I have gone to just regular pelvic floor physical therapy. And then the one that I stuck with and did the longest and still see and do is holistic pelvic therapy, which is a different kind of pelvic floor physical therapy because it focuses a lot more on your body as a whole, like the whole thing rather than just focusing on your pelvic floor. And we do a lot more of like holistic types of treatment. So I'm doing acupuncture. We're talking about my gut health, what I'm eating, how I'm exercising, things like that. And so we did a little bit more of the holistic route um, with holistic pelvic floor physical therapy rather than just pelvic floor physical therapy. Um, But I can't, so I am going to talk about both experiences. I think I 
my first public floor physical therapy experience was just like the regular one and just talking to some other people who have gone to that kind of therapy. They do a lot more different treatments than what I did in holistic pelvic therapy. So just keep that in mind. Like one of the girls that I've talked to, she told me like, she's like, it's so funny how sometimes I'll be doing these like stretches and things in the middle of a room with a bunch of other people. And that is not how my experience was. Mine was like one-on-one, no one else in the room. This is just what we're doing. And so um, I think everyone has different experiences but I'm just sharing from mine. So keep that in mind. This is my experience and it might be a little different from yours, but that's okay. I do think in general, the like what's going to happen in your first appointment will be very similar regardless of who you go see. And so um, that's what I'm going to share with you today. Just kind of give you some insight into that of how to prepare and how to really prepare for your first appointment too. Cause that's like so freaking scary to go to your first pelvic floor physical therapy appointment. So I'm going to help you out. And I think there are really three things that you need to do to be prepared. And that's what we're going to talk about. So preparing your mind, preparing your soul and preparing your body. So there's three things we got to prepare to go into pelvic floor physical therapy. And you may be like, this seems like a lot of work. Just go to this therapy. And I get it. Um, I totally understand that like hesitation, that question. But let me tell you, that is like this preparing yourself this way is really setting you up for success. Because guys, I'm just going to get like straight to the point. This kind of therapy, your therapist is going to have their fingers inside of your vulva and into your vagina. That just is what it is. Not all therapy is like that. So with that, like knowing that's going to happen, that really does take some preparation because you're in a very vulnerable state. You are like, opening yourself up to other people being inside of you than like your doctor or your husband or yourself. So like, this is like a little more intense than just, like I said, going because your arm is broken. Like this is just parts of yourself that you like want to keep sacred into yourself and that you're, you know, putting it out there to get healing for. And it's great. I totally think you need to do it. Change my life, but it's, it's a little more intense. And so I really do think it takes some like preparation before you just like walk in and do it. So that's why we're going to prepare mind, soul, and body. Um, and it is work, but I think that you are worth it. I think your healing is worth it. I think you should be advocating for yourself to experience healing because you should not have to be in pain every day. You should not have to be in pain when you're having sex. And I'm so sorry that this is happening to you, but unfortunately it's not going to get better if we don't do any work to get it better. And so I think you're worth it. I think you're totally worth the time, the money, the effort, the emotions, everything that's going to go into this, you are worth this kind of healing. So I highly recommend it. Think public floor therapy is the best. So let's get into actually how to prepare for it. Okay, first thing, prepare your mind. So like I said, this kind of therapy is very different. It's really close contact and it's very vulnerable, honestly. Like it really is a very vulnerable experience because it's it's therapy in your pelvic floor. You're in you're doing work with your vulva, you're doing work in your vagina and uh, like around your an- anus, anal, <laughs> around your anus like it is it is intense. It's it's really intense. And so I think we really need to prepare our mind to be okay with this kind of therapy. And so what that takes, I really think journaling is really helpful. Like spending time, like writing out your questions, like writing out your fears, writing out like what you're worried about, what you're like excited about, like just really taking time to like prepare your mind for this kind of therapy. And that, so like I said, that looks like journaling. It looks like having people that you can talk to. Like I'm so, so grateful for my husband who was like there with me every step of the way through this process. And he was so great. And so like he was really supportive and very much like, 
how are you feeling about this? Like, let's talk about it. And so just being able to talk to him about it was really helpful. Um, going to therapy is really huge. And so I do say this, like understanding and knowing that like going to public floor th- physical therapy costs money and going to a therapist costs money. And so it may not be realistic for you to do both. Um, in our season of life, I was already going to therapy and going through a lot of healing from stuff I had gone through before I moved to Colorado. And so I was already in therapy and I didn't stop. And we just kind of like made it work. I did, we didn't really have the money, honestly, to do it. And so we just put it on a credit card. I tell you guys that I've told you all that before. And I'm also reiterating, don't listen to me about finances. I am not the girl that you should ask about your finances. If I'm being totally honest, Thomas handles all of them because he's really smart that way and he knows how to make it work. His mom owns our own accounting firm. So Thomas knows finances. He handles it. And we talked about it and we're like, you know what? We're just going to put it on the credit card. We'll pay it off as we go because that's just like what we have to do. And I'll be honest, like we made it work. Um, did we really have the money to do it? No. But we made it work because I felt like it was worth it for my well-being to continue to go to both. So going to therapy really, really was helpful. And I also want to say, like, I recognize my privilege with being able to do that because I know that's not everyone can do that. So I'm grateful I was able to. And if you are able to, I really do recommend that because with, like, pelvic floor disorders, a lot of us coming who who grew up in really strict – well, I didn't really grow up in a strict Christian home, but in a Christian environment, in purity culture, a lot of us are now going to pelvic floor physical therapy because of purity culture. And there's a lot of stuff that we have, our brains have been conditioned to believe and think that we have to break those patterns. And I just needed extra help doing it. I couldn't do it myself. And so going to therapy really helped with like breaking those curses that I had in my head and in my mind. And so like I had to work through that. And so that was ways of preparing my mind to go to this therapy. And also, listen, I was like really struggling with the idea that somebody besides myself, my husband, or my doctor was going to have their hands inside of me. I was like, I know that's what's going to happen, and we're probably going to have to do a lot of work on the inside of me, and I just don't know that I want someone else doing that. Like, that's a lot. Like, that's a lot to process, having someone's hands inside of me, and that just, like, doesn't feel right. Like, I was really struggling with that before I went, and so I was talking to my therapist about it, and she gave some great advice, and so I'm going to, like, give that to you now, and she reminded me that going to pelvic floor physical therapy, having someone else's hand inside of me is a clinical experience. So just as I said, like, I'm a little nervous about my, like, Someone besides my doctor. Well, your pelvic floor physical therapist is like in healthcare. Like it's like they're your doctor too. They may have a different like actual, what is it called? My mind is going blank. Like training, like they may not be an actual doctor in front of their name, but they still are in the healthcare world. So for some reason I was like separating that out. I was like, oh, my pelvic floor physical therapist, my physical therapist is different than my doctor. And I don't really know why my mind was there, but it was. And that's just not true. Like going to this kind of therapy is a clinical experience. Like it is nothing more, nothing less. Like this is what you do when you're, when your pelvic floor isn't working you go to pelvic floor physical therapy. It's the same thing as if your back is messed up, you go to the chiropractor. If your, you know, emotions, mental health is not great, you go to your therapist. If your leg is broken, like you may need some some rehab to help being able to walk again. Like it's the same thing. It's just your pelvic floor. And so when I really had to like internalize that in my mind to like really believe it, my body needed to believe it. And so I had to really work on that 
And the ways that I worked on that was talking through it with my therapist, journaling, praying, which we're going to talk about in a second for preparing your soul, but just like really understanding that this is a clinical experience. It's nothing more. It's nothing less. I have control over this. I am still in control of my body. Consent is super important, which that was a really good question that I'm going to answer at the end during the Q&A is consent. So just hold your thoughts on that. But like, I really had to like believe it. And part of believing it was like writing out all the stuff that like I didn't believe about that. And then like writing what is true and like what I do believe about that. And like having to like get to that point was hard, but I just kind of had to like say it over and over. Like, this is clinical. This is just like going to my doctor. This is nothing more, nothing less. Um, this is something I'm consenting to. I'm in control of my body. I can stop when I want to. It's okay. And so just like really having to get to that place in my mind um, was really important before I started going to this therapy because I was not okay with that for a while. So just being honest, and that's something you're probably wondering about too. So just really understanding that this is a clinical experience will help you out going to pelvic floor physical therapy. And then the next thing, preparing your soul, goes right along with this. And that means like I had to prepare my soul for this. Like I really had to spend some time with Jesus about it. So the way that I was able to go through the clinical experience, like actually getting to believe that, like getting to that point where I believe it was like spending time in prayer. Like I really had to seek the Lord with this and tell him like, God, I am like so mad that I have to go to this therapy because I did the right thing of waiting till marriage to have sex. And this is what I get. Like, this is what I get. And I had to be really honest about that. And I had to really talk to the Lord about it because I did. I was like, I'm doing all the right stuff. Like I'm not having sex till I'm married. I'm like, you know, following scripture with that. And I believe it's for marriage. So I'm like going to follow that. And then I get this and it's like really unfair because I quote did the right things. And it's like, Okay, so I had to be really honest with God about that. And I still do believe that sex is for marriage. I think if we teach it a different way, we will have less women sitting praying this prayer like I did. Um, But it's like, I really had to spend time in prayer over that, like a lot of time in prayer over that. And I had to like ask the Lord to help me believe it's a clinical experience and help me have peace over my anxiety about it. Because I had a lot of anxiety about this kind of therapy and I had just a lot of anxiety in general. And so I really had to spend time with the Lord, like praying over that and just being really intentional with with the Lord about this and just being like, okay, I can do this. I'm ready. Like, I believe this is going to be good for me. And it's like a clinical experience, nothing more, nothing less. And like, we just really had to spend time with the Lord about that. And so that was one way I like prepared my soul. And the next one is preparing your body. So this is more of like the practical stuff to get ready for your first appointment. So um, wearing loose, comfy clothes is super important. And I'm just going to like go ahead and tell you now, like you should go like, I don't know, get some some fun clothes to wear to this appointment. This therapy is not fun. It's painful. It sucks. It's not a, not a good time. Just being honest. I have to be honest about that. Um, it's not fun. So, you know, treat yourself for like putting yourself out there and doing this. Like get some comfy clothes. Get some like clothes that you'll wear that make you feel good and like excited to put on to go to this therapy because you're going to want to wear loose clothes. You're going to want to wear comfy clothes um, for practical reasons, but also I feel like comfy clothes just like help your emotions feel better. So like I feel much better when I'm wearing sweatpants than when I'm wearing jeans. So 
wearing comfy clothes because you're going to take off your pants. So you're going to want to like wear something that's easy to take off of. Like I really have to think through that with my shoes. Like I try not to wear like my docks where I have to like untie them to take them off. Like I try to wear shoes that I can slide on and off because you're going to have to take your shoes off. And well, I took my socks off because we were doing acupuncture, but you're going to take your shoes off. So like go ahead and like get ready for that. Like wearing, you know, socks that are comfy and cozy to you, wearing comfy clothes, um, and also preparing your body. You might have thought that I was going to say, like, make sure you're shaved and, and wa- take a shower right before. Here's the thing. I'm not going to tell you to do that, actually, because your physical therapist does not care if you shaved your legs or your vulva. They don't care. They don't care if you shaved your mom's pubis. Like, they just don't care. They just don't care. They like see bodies all the time and they know that this is a part of your body. And so like, they're not stressed about your hair on your legs, your hair on your vulva. They're not stressed about your discharge. Like they know how bodies work. This is their job. So like, they don't expect you to like look perfect like you're going out on a date to go to your doctor's appointment. It's not, it's not like that. So you don't have to do that. So when you're preparing your body, I want you to take the pressure off yourself to do that. Um, and a lot of them also don't care if you're on your period. So th- that is something that I would ask your specific public floor physical therapist about is like, hey, if I'm on my period, are we still going to do therapy or not? Um, mine didn't care. She was like, it's your body. Like you're on your period. I don't care if you're wearing a tampon. I don't care if you have a cup in. I don't care if you're free, ble- free bleeding. Like this is your body. Like I, it's not gross. It's not bad. So like, I don't care if that's happening. So that's how mine responded. I'm sure yours would probably respond the right, or the same way, but I would just maybe ask. Um, but like, they don't, they don't care. I did like to take showers before my appointment just cause like that helped me feel better. But sometimes I would go to my appointment right after work and I didn't have time. And like, I would have like discharge from the day or whatever. And it just like is what it is. It's really okay. I don't want you to stress about that. I don't want that to add extra anxiety onto you. Like it's really, really okay. Um, so like, don't let that add any extra stress on you. Um, it's really, really fine. And part of preparing your body is thinking about after your appointment as well. So I don't want to sugarcoat it. It's not a fun appointment it's probably going to be painful. You're probably going to be sore afterwards. I think I was sore. I mean, gosh, almost every appointment I was sore after. I think towards the end, I wasn't as sore if I can remember, but like that was a year ago. So it's been a, well, it hasn't been a year since I've done the therapy because I did it back in March or maybe April as like a check-in. Um, but like I, I mean, it, it, it was sore. I'm sore. I'm hurting. Walking was kind of hard after some of my appointments. And so I like want you to prepare your body and think about after the appointment. So let's say your appointment was kind of painful and you're sore afterwards. You are not going to want to go back to work. You are not going to want to go to a workout. You are not going to want to like, I don't know, go hang out with your friends. You're probably going to want to go home and like chill and watch TV. I always took baths after my appointment because it helped. I took a really hot bath and that helped with the soreness and they use lube if they're going inside of you. And so I just personally like wanted to clean all that off. And so I would take a bath right after. So when you're scheduling your appointment, do the best that you can to schedule it when you don't have anything afterwards. And I know that that is not practical for everybody. Like I know people have jobs and and busy lives and I get that. Um, So, but just do the best you can to schedule it at a time where you don't have to do anything afterwards. Just trust me on this. You're not going to want to go anywhere afterwards. You're going to want to go home and like lay on your couch. So really do the best that you can to schedule it 
at a time where you don't have to do anything afterwards because it's just like a lot. So you're going to want to chill. And um, honestly, taking some pain medicine could be really helpful for you too as well. I, I didn't always remember to do this. And so if I would have remembered, I think it would have been better. But like just taking like an Advil or Tylenol right before your appointment that'll just help your body because like as you're going to this therapy because it hurts when things are inserted in you and this kind of therapy includes insertion like they're going to be using their hands inside of you to do the therapy in you and so like that's probably going to hurt now they're not going to like continue to do the therapy if it's hurting you extremely bad there it's definitely a process that they work up to that's probably why you're gonna your therapist is going to want to see you multiple like maybe twice a week for some time to get like your body used to this kind of stuff. Cause remember we're reconditioning our nerves and our muscles to know that insertion is okay. We don't have to freak out. It's okay. And like retraining your muscles and that's going to take some time. And, and, and that's just is what it is. It's kind of, it could be painful. And I don't want to scare you with that. Like that is the last thing that I want to do is scare you and think, scare you into not going to the, to therapy. I don't want to do that, but I want you to know like what can happen in the appointment. And I just want you to be prepared. So I feel like if you are prepared knowing, okay, this might hurt, then that'll help you get to your appointment and like not be so caught off guard and shocked if you're in pain afterwards. I hope that makes sense. I don't want to scare you guys. I really do think this therapy is worth going to, super important to do, but it it's just reality of the therapy. So don't want to scare you into not going, but I want to be honest about it. Okay, so those are some ways we're preparing. We're preparing our mind, soul, and body for the appointment. Now let's talk about logistics of what your first few appointments will actually look like. And remember, like different practitioners do different things. So keep that in mind. Um, But my first appointment with my holistic doctor and then my regular pelvic therapist was basically the same kind of appointment. And so I think this is this is going to be pretty universal, pretty general. Uh, But just keep that in mind that my practitioner is not your practitioner. So things might be a little bit different. Okay, so in your first appointment, you will go over your history. So you'll sit down, you'll talk with your therapist and tell them basically every single thing about you because everything about you is going to affect your pelvic floor, believe it or not. If you were in a car wreck, that could affect your pelvic floor. Even if it wasn't around your pelvic floor, it could definitely affect it. Your hist- your health history. So if you've had any surgeries or if you've gone through any like physical trauma or any emotional trauma, you'll talk about your family's history, how you grew up, um, the like the lifestyle that you live now, the lifestyles that you used to live, because like really everything affects your pelvic floor. If you are, you know, diagnosed with vaginismus and your pelvic floor muscles contract when they shouldn't, like there's going to be reasons why that happens. So your practitioner needs to know like your history, why it happened, if it, if any like thing could have contributed to it. And I know a lot of survivors of sexual, sexual assault will have vaginismus afterwards. I'm not saying that you're going to, that is just par for the course. You might have that afterwards. And so that's really important for your practitioner to to know is if you had been assaulted. And so you'll just like pretty much talk about everything, everything under the sun you're going to talk about. And you, um, with my holistic appointment, we actually talked a lot more too about my diet, my gut health, um, how I lived my like day-to-day life. Like if I drink, you know, work out, like if I, like what I'm eating, like, cause all of that really does affect your pelvic floor. Because when you think about it, your body is like one body and it's really important to treat the whole body rather than just the one thing in my opinion. And so that's why I honestly think I've seen a lot of 
um, really good success with my holistic doctor because she did treat the body as a whole and not just my pelvic floor. And so in my holistic appointment, we did spend a lot more time talking about that um, because believe it or not, my practitioner, I love Chrissy, but she told me she was like, really got to think about your eating habits, like what you're doing and let's maybe try to go gluten-free for like during this therapy and see if that helps. And I was like, um, do you know how many, how much I eat chicken nuggets? I don't really know why you're telling me to do this, but you told me to do it. So I did it and I went gluten-free during my like time doing pelvic floor physical therapy. And I actually like started having pain-free sex after that. So that's a question that I'll actually answer later. Uh, I, I'm not gluten-free anymore, but I do think that was a big help when I was going through my therapy. So like we talked about that a lot with my holistic doctor. So you'll basically go over everything, talk about all the stuff, your history, background, all that. And then they're going to look at how you stand. So you'll actually like stand up. They're going to check out your hips and where your hip placement is because that plays a lot into your pelvic floor. And so they're going to look at like how you're standing, how your legs move, like jumping up and down, bending over, all things like that. Like they want to see how your body like is operating because that does affect your pelvic floor. So they're going to look at that. Then they probably will exit the room to let you undress to do an exam. So they're going to leave the room. You're going to take off your pants and take off your underwear, and then you'll lay on the table. They'll probably have like a sheet or a blanket that you put over yourself so you don't have to just like lay there completely naked when they walk in. Because um, that's one thing I was like, am I just going to be like laying on the table just like butt naked? And then they're just going to like do this therapy on me. That's not how that works. So they'll have like a sheet or a blanket that they lay over you the whole time while you're doing therapy. So you're not just laying there naked. So you'll put on, get on the table. They'll come back in and they will put on gloves. So they're going to have gloves on for their exam and they will use lube. And so they may have like one type of lube or they may have a couple different types of lube that they're going to ask what kind that you, they, that you prefer to use. And so you will tell them what kind you want. And then they will start the therapy. And so what that looks like, and start the exam. And what that looks like is so you'll lay on your back, you'll have your legs up. And this, I think this happened at both my appointments. Yeah, both my appointments. So they, she took her hand and she would like tell me, actually, let me back up a second. So my doctor, my, the one, the girl that I see now, Chrissy, who does my pelvic therapy, I have an episode with her as well. She's fantastic. Um, she told me before we started, like, you are in control of this therapy. So this is your body. And if you want me to stop at any point, no questions asked, we will stop. So you let me know how you're feeling. Like, let me know how it's going and just com communicate with me the whole time about it. And you are in control. Like, I want you to remember that you have agency over your body and you can tell me what, like how this is going. And if you need me to stop, no questions asked, we will stop. And so, like, consent is, like, super important during this therapy. And so she just, like, double-checked, make sure I was ready to go, make sure I was okay. And then they both, like, talked me through what they were doing. So they will take their hand on the back of your leg or on the inside of your leg, excuse me, and, like, run it down. And then they will start doing their exam on the external parts of your body. So they will take their hands and, like, go around your labias to see and the vaginal opening to see how your muscles respond. So that's what they're looking for. So you may think that they're just, like, in there rubbing around. Like, no, they are trained to know how your muscles respond and your nerves are responding to this. And they're also going to be looking at how you respond. Like, if there is immediate touch on one of your labias, like, are you jumping? Are you, like, squint, like, squirming because it's painful? Is it, like, hurt immediately? Does it not hurt immediately? Are you totally fine? on the external parts. So that's what they're looking for. So you may think like, 
So I'm just laying here and they're just like moving their hands around. Like, what are they actually doing? They are trained to know what your muscles are doing and they are trained to do like certain therapies on those muscles to help them like be okay. (laughs) So they're going to like check out the external parts and also how much of an exam they do is really going to be based on the severity of your diagnosis. So like with secondary vaginismus, I can insert hands, fingers, fine, like myself, but if someone else was doing it, that's when it was really painful. And so it's just like, if you have primary vaginismus where nothing can be inserted, that's going to be a little bit different, like therapy based on that. And so this might look a little bit different for you, but this is what it looked like at both appointments for me. So They would, like, take their fingers, do, like, the external parts and, like, take notes, like, on how that's going. And then if they feel like that they can go on the inside, because they do need to be able to assess what kind of treatment plan to give you, and this is the way that they can do that. So then they'll take their fingers and start very – and all this is very slow. It's not like they're going really fast through. They're going pretty slow. And so they'll take their fingers and go onto the inside of your – a vaginal opening and go inside your vagina to see how those muscles respond. So remember, like they're not just doing it for fun. Like they are looking to see how your muscles respond. And it's super interesting because like as I was doing this therapy, like we would, you know, as it would get better over time, we wouldn't have to do as much work on the outside or right at the vaginal opening. We could go deeper on the inside. And she would be like, you know, moving her fingers around and tell me like, do you feel that? And I'm like, no. And she's like, your muscle is so tight. It's like a guitar string tight. Like it is that pulled thin and that is not good. So like, I'm going to do some work on it to loosen it up. So it's not so tight. And I literally couldn't feel it. I was like, what do you mean? I, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I could feel like what side of my um, vagina she was on, but I could not tell like what actual muscle she was working on. I couldn't really feel it. Now some, she would like put her fingers on and I'm like, oh my God. She's like, yeah, that's so tight. And I was like, that's crazy. So like they are looking for certain things that you may not be able to feel, but are definitely affecting your sex life and affecting just your life in general. So they're going to do that, take their fingers, kind of go around and assess what they need to do moving forward. And at that point, they're probably not going to do any therapy at your first appointment. They're just wanting to see what they need to do moving forward. So they'll take your hand, take their hands out. And then you guys will probably talk about your plan moving forward. So she may say like, Okay, I want to see you every two, every twice a week for the next month, and then we'll kind of go from there. They may want to see you once a week. They're going to tell you like what they want to see and probably give you an overview of what the therapy will look like. So they may say like, okay, at home, let's not do anything right now. Don't work out on the days you have therapy. Like, let's you know take it easy on the days that you have therapy. Or they may say like, okay, we want you to do these like stretches or go ahead and get dilators. So they'll put together a plan for you, tell you what, hopefully tell you what that's going to be like, and then you'll go home. So, well, you'll pay, go home, rest. So that is what your first appointment will probably look like. There's a good chance that's what it'll look like. What the other, like following appointments will look like is probably just going straight into the exam and them actually doing the therapy on it. And so how they actually do the therapy I don't really know because I am not a therapist. I don't know, like, you're supposed to move your hands this way or do it this way based on what this muscle or this nerve does. I don't know that. I'm not a trained therapist. I was just the patient. So, uh, like, they will do different therapies on you, like I said, based on what you need. And so we did a lot of work on the external parts, getting my body used to that and being okay with that kind of on that kind of touch. And then we would, um, go like a little bit deeper when it wasn't painful anymore. And so sometimes the therapy lasted like, I don't know, 
five minutes. <laughs> Honestly, sometimes it was really short because, and that seems short, but there's a lot of work you can do in five minutes, believe it or not. Because I, my body was like not accepting any kind of touch outside of my own, like seriously. And so we had to start like really slow. Like we did not have long appointments at the beginning. Like they were, they were pretty short. Now we would usually do acupuncture as well. And so if I had a short appointment, we do acupuncture than that at the end. But like I, when I was going to my holistic doctor, um, but I like, you know, was some, some appointments are just really short and then some of them were 10 minutes and it would build up to 20 minutes. And I think 20 is probably the longest that we, but that we went, but like doing the actual therapy on it. Cause we would talk about like how I'm doing things that she wanted me to do at home. So like the appointment was longer than that, but the actual therapy part was probably anywhere from five to 20 minutes. So if your appointments are short, that's normal. That's okay. Your body can only take so much. And, um, so yeah, that's kind of what the appointments looks like. If your your appointments moving forward, will probably look like that as well. And now we're going to get into some Q and A's because I'm sure you heard all that and you're like, I have a million questions. A lot of this stuff covers what I would have talked about ahead of time. So I just thought it'd be perfect to put it in a Q and A section because these are questions that you guys asked. So let's get into the Q and A parts. Actually, I'm going to take that back. I'm going to go back a little bit. Before we do the Q and A, I want to remind you of, or give you some aftercare, like take a bath, I've already said this earlier, but I want to reiterate this again. Like, take a bath, use a heating pad, lay down, take a nap. Like, you're going to probably be sore afterwards. So whatever helps you with soreness, do that. Like, really just be kind to yourself afterwards because it's hard. It's 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 pretty hard. So just be really kind to yourself. Like, be really grateful that you did it. Like, be really thankful for yourself. Like, really spend some time, like, oh, proud of yourself. Like, okay, I went to this appointment. I did it. I'm so proud of myself. I'm just going to reward myself by, like, laying down, watching my favorite movie, watching my new favorite TV show, reading, like don't do anything really stressful afterwards. Cause you don't want them like your body to respond. Cause if you're going to help for physical therapy, you may notice that like sometimes, and I honestly did not notice this until I got diagnosed with vaginismus and really started like digging into this. Like what, anytime I was like anxious or feeling anxiety, my pelvic floor would like clench up and I didn't really recognize that was happening until I started, you know, diving into this and like that should not happen. Your pelvic floor should not clench up when you're anxious. And so I like, you know, after my therapy, I don't want to do anything that could be anxiety inducing or anything stressful because I don't want my pelvic floor to be clenching up. So after therapy, take some time, rest rest, 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 rest. I cannot say that enough. Be kind to yourself, be kind to your body. Um, and really take some time to rest and chill. Okay. Now let's get into the Q and A. So what are other reasons to go to pelvic floor physical therapy besides painful sex? Great question. I had a lot of other similar questions of like, why should I go to pelvic floor physical therapy? What are some symptoms? Things like that. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Do you pee when you sneeze? Do you have difficulty like going pee, pooping? Like, do you have any kind of difficulty with that? Um, if you've had a baby, definitely think you should go for that. Does inserting a tampon hurt? Are you able to insert anything into your vagina without pain? Um, those are some things to consider. So if you're peeing when you're sneezing, if you're having difficulty peeing or pooping, if you've had a baby, there, I mean, that's just like self-explanatory. If you've had a baby, your body's gone through a lot. You could use you could use some therapy to get your body, you know, back in control. Um, if inserting a tampon hurts, or if inserting fingers hurts, if, if you're having any kind of pain, there you should be going to pelvic floor physical therapy. Okay, next question: 
what to do if your doctor gaslights you? And then another question I had, I'm just combining them, was like, what are some red flags to look out for with your therapist? So the thing with this kind of therapy, like I said, is you need to be super comfortable with your therapist. So if your therapist at any point makes you feel like uncomfortable, is making you question yourself, is not like talking about consent and telling you that you can stop whenever you want. Like those are some red flags to look out for. Like you are in control of your therapy because this is your body. Like you are in control of that. And so you should be able to stop whenever you want or like keep going if, you, if you're good. Like you are in control of your therapy. Yes, your doctor, your therapist is the one who knows what they're doing and all that stuff. But like it's your body. You have agency over your body. And so if you are feeling like questioned by your doctor and like not a positive way of like a making you doubt yourself kind of way, feeling like you're they're gaslighting you, I definitely recommend leave. And you can literally just say like, okay, you know what? I don't think this is working out for me. I don't think that we are connecting very well. And so I am going to, um, you know, step out and I'm going to find another place to go to. But thank you for your time. Like it can be as simple as that. And so I definitely think like we got to find a, find a therapist that you connect well with, um, because this is a very intimate kind of therapy. And so you want to make sure that you are connecting well with your person. They don't make you feel uncomfortable or make you question yourself or anything like that. And so if they are doing that to you, you leave, you get up and you leave and you find a new place to go. And I had to do that. I like my doctor wasn't gaslighting me, but the first place that I went to, she kept like pushing medication on me and telling me that I needed to take all this medicine. And I just was like, not about it. I was like, I am not going to put a pill inside of me right before I have sex. I am not going to use numbing cream to be able to have sex. I'm just not doing it. So that was me. Like it's a personal thing. You guys know that I'm all for like medication in general. Like I am in support of antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication or whatever you need. But personally, I just did not want to have to take like a pill to be able to have sex. I don't know. It just like, it was a mental thing for me and I did try it and I was having a really bad reaction to it and she just didn't believe me. And so I was like, you know what? If we're not going to do any therapy and you're just going to tell me to take this medicine before we can do anything, I don't love that. So I left and found a new doctor. And I really just like said like, you know, I'm going to go find a new place. And like, I, I didn't, I just simple as that. I was like, okay, thank you for your time. Like, and I told the person at the front, like, I'm going to find somewhere else. So you don't, we don't have to schedule another appointment, like just simple as that. And I found somewhere else. And that's when I decided to go the holistic route. Um, cause I just maybe felt like I'd be seen a little bit better there. Um, now that is not everyone going to be everyone's experience and like regular pelvic floor physical therapy. That was just mine. And it was not great. So you just gotta like take control of your therapy and decide like, I deserve better than this and go find somewhere else. Okay. Question number Three, how does consent work? What do you need to do? Or what if you need to leave? So great question. I told you guys we we're going to talk about this. So when I say that like you are in control of your body, like this is your body. Like you have agency over this. You are in control of your therapy. You know your limits better than anyone else. You know what your body can take and what it can't take better than anyone else. And so consent is super important in this kind of therapy. My therapist always told me like, at every appointment, like I said, this is up to you. So if you want to stop, no questions asked. If you want to keep going, no questions asked. Like we are going to lean into you because you know your body the best and it's that you have to consent to this kind of therapy. And so it is like super important that there is consent here. And so you just need to like go in knowing that, like ask your doctor, like, 
hey, I still, like, want to be able to consent to this kind of stuff. So, like, can I stop if I want to? Like, what is that like? So even just asking your doctor about that or your therapist about that, hopefully your your therapist will just, like, bring that up to you like mine did. Um, But if not, you can always ask about that. And then if you need to leave, like, your therapist should respect that. Like, they're professionals. This is their line of work. And they should know that, like, it is okay if a patient needs to leave. Like, that's okay. And so – I think it's totally fine. There's been times where I've literally had to be like, okay, this is too much. I need to stop. Like, I can't do this anymore. And so, and she was like, okay, no problem. And she like took her hands out and like cleaned up and then we chatted some more and then I paid and left. And it was like as simple as that. So if you need to leave, totally fine. It's your body. You are in control and consent is super important in this, in this kind of therapy. Okay, um, next question. How much does it cost? So I'm going to give you two answers. So at my holistic pelvic floor physical therapy place, we actually did acupuncture for a couple months before we ever did any kind of uh, pelvic therapy because we just needed to get my nervous system to calm down because it was like way crazy. And so acupuncture appointments are $40. And then when we did pelvic work, it was $60. And she does not take insurance because she she can't really control pricing with insurance and it's just easier if she doesn't take it. So I paid... $60. And honestly, I don't think that's expensive. Um, I'll talk about that in a second. But when I went to the first place, um, that was just like regular pelvic floor physical therapy. My insurance at the time did cover that. And so I paid the $50 copay, but it was actually more affordable to not use my insurance and just pay based off the time that I was there. So some appointments were like $25 because I was only there for like 15 minutes. So they, so I think each place kind of decides what they want and maybe your insurance covers all of it. And that would be fantastic. I definitely think that this kind of therapy or really any kind of healthcare stuff should be free. Um, cause it's like, I don't know, like not your fault if, if your public floor doesn't work. So like, I feel like that should, kind of stuff should be free, but it's not. We do have to pay for it. And I personally don't think paying $60 to do pelvic work is expensive. Sorry if that's a hot take. I I just know like how much like training and stuff that my person went through. Like she has her own business and I know that costs a lot of money. And so like this is her life and I believe that she should be paid for the work that she does. And so like I'm okay paying that um, because she, you know, went through a lot of training, has a lot of experience, and is constantly, like, researching on how to be better and do better and new things to help to do this in therapy. And so I think that, like, I should pay for that. So that maybe is a hot take. I do know that, like, maybe maybe people can't afford that, and I totally, totally understand that. Remember, I've told you guys I couldn't really afford it either, but we did it. So I've, I've, I try to be, like, cautious talking about finances with this stuff because I really am not a finance guru, like, at all. I'm not the person to ask about that, but I'll just, like, tell you guys what, what we did and just, like, be honest about that. So, okay, next question. How can I get the best results and work with the therapist the best? Great question. I would say, like, How to get the best results is to stay super consistent. So consistency matters. So consistency is super important. We are trying to retrain your pelvic floor to like be okay with insertion and that takes time, but it also takes consistency. So just being consistent with your appointments and really listening to what your doctor, what your therapist is recommending. So if your therapist recommends something, I encourage you to do it. So if your therapist is like, hey, let's use some dilators, 
go and get those dilators. If your therapist encourages you to change the way you're eating, you're drinking, or your lifestyle, like really lean into that because your therapist has studied this. They've gone to school for this. They know what they're doing. And what I just really encourage you to do that because when she had told me or encouraged me like change the way I was eating, I was like, why? <laughs> I was like kind of mad. And not like mad at her, but just I was like, I don't want to do that. And I did it and it worked. So I just definitely recommend like leaning into what your doctor and your, or your I keep saying doctor, what your therapist is encouraging you to do. And um, I think that'll show the best results. So staying consistent and listening to your doctor. Consistency though is so, 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 so important. Okay. Next question. Um, could, could public floor physical therapy help with pain with just certain sex positions? Yes. If you are having any kind of pain with sex, highly recommend this therapy. Sex should not be painful. Just point blank should not be painful. So even if it is in certain positions, because I think there's a difference between uncomfortable and pain. So like sometimes you try a sex position and you're like, oh, this is like not feel great. It's kind of uncomfortable. And then you try another one and it doesn't hurt and it's fine. That I think is just like part of the course trying to figure out your bodies, but it should not be painful. Like if sex is like, ow, this hurts, then you need to see a pelvic floor physical therapist. Okay, next question. Can you go if you aren't even sure something is wrong or do you need a referral? So some places do require for a referral, some don't. The first place I went to required a referral. Second place I went to did not. So it just kind of varies place to place. Um, but I would definitely, if you're like having thoughts that something is off down there and not really working the best way, then I do recommend you go into this therapy. Now, if nothing is wrong whatsoever and your like body's functioning fine, I don't think you need to go to therapy. But if you're even like questioning that something is off or even feels a little bit off in your body, I do think that's worth like talking to. And um, someone also asked a question that I'm going to kind of go off of this was that how did you even bring it up to your gynecologist? I basically went in for, um, was it my, I think it was my annual appointment because it kind of fell around the time I wanted to, to talk to my doctor about it. So I went to my annual and I basically was like, I or, or actually they have some paperwork they want you to fill out. So in the paperwork, I wrote that I'm having pain with sex. So that way they knew to ask me about it and I didn't have to necessarily just bring it up. And, but, and so when I got to the appointment and I filled that paperwork out and they asked me like, okay, so you put your having pain with sex on here. Can we talk about that? And I was like, yes. So I just explained my symptoms and I know it can feel like uncomfortable, but you have to remember your gynecologist, like this is their job. This is what they went to school for. They're trained for this stuff. It is not weird. It is not too much. It's like not too personal, too invasive. Like they're your doctor. It's their job to ask you these questions and to help you with any kind of pain you're having. So if you are having pain with sex, it's their job to help you with that. So it's not like weird for them. It's not uncomfortable. It may feel weird for you, but it's not for them. So just like straight say, I'm having pain with sex and I don't know what to do about it. And then they will take it from there. And all you have to do is really bring it up and then they'll kind of guide you and take it from there. Okay. Um, how do you know if someone's a specialist or just dabbling in it? So I would say that I thought this was an interesting question and a good one. Um, but you won't, you won't go see somebody who's just dabbling in it. Like dabbling in it doesn't really exist because you have to be trained for this. Like you have to be trained in holistic pelvic therapy or be trained in pelvic floor physical therapy. So I don't, I wouldn't really worry about that. But if you are worried about that, then I would ask like experience. I would ask if they like what kind of training they have, what kind of qualifications they have. Like you can ask those questions um, or it should be on their website. 
Okay, next question. Um, Should you look into it before you're married? So if you are experiencing pain with any kind of insertion, I'm talking like putting a finger in hurts if it hurts when you're trying to put a tampon in and you've never really worn tampons because like the first time you tried it was kind of painful. Like I do think that is something you should look into before you're married. Um, Now, if you're not having any kind of pain whatsoever, you feel like your body is fine. I do recommend dilators though, because if you have never, you know, really had any pain with insertion, like I never had pain with insertion whatsoever. Like it never hurt until I had sex. And so, um, I wish I would have maybe tried dilators before because dilators will help your body get used to things being inserted in you. And that also is a great way to know if something is up. So, you can buy dilator a dilator set. Definitely buy a silicone dilator set. Now we're, I will link that in the episode notes. Don't get plastic. That is not fun. Glass, nope. You want a silicone because it just feels better. Um, and so I definitely recommend you trying dilators because that will help you know if something is wrong or if you should get some extra help and will also get your body used to insertion of something of that size because penises are definitely a different size of like tampons and fingers. And so that will help your body get used to something inserting of that size. So I do think it's something you can look into before you're married, especially if you're having any kind of pain with insertion of anything. Okay, uh, next question. When were dilators introduced? Like in my pelvic floor physical therapy. So I want to say she brought up dilators like maybe like three or four sessions in my very my first person never brought them up not one time but my second person who I still see Chrissy she brought them up like three maybe three or four appointments in and recommended I tried them so I think it really just like kind of like varies on where you're at in your process and your therapy um but that's when mine brought them up and also like feel free to bring them up to your therapist like you're doing your own research on this stuff which is really good and so If you're thinking about adding them to your therapy, I would definitely ask your therapist about it and they should be able to give you guidance on that. Because maybe right now they think like just going to therapy twice enough is enough, twice a week is enough and you don't really need to add anything to it because that's a lot of work. Or they may be like, yeah, this would be great. This would be really good for your healing process. So I, I think you can just ask your, ask your therapist about it. Okay, last question. I thought I saved this one for last. I thought it was a really a good question because I think we all like wonder about it. Is it awkward? So I was like super nervous that this was going to be super awkward because I'm like, this person's hands is just like inside of me. Like, what is this going to even be like? But this is why I say it's really important for you to feel like comfortable with your therapist because it is an invasive kind of therapy. But I don't think it was awkward at all. Honestly, me and my therapist have like, I don't know, we like to talk about like all things. And so I would just like talk to her about literally whatever's going on and ask her about, you know, her life, her kids, like how that's going. And like, we'd talk about my life and things like that. And, and we'd also just like bring up kind of anything. So we just kind of like talked about whatever's under the sun. And that really helped it not feel awkward because we're chatting the whole time. And we'd also, she'd tell me like, oh, this thing I'm doing right now, how does it feel? And I'm like, it's fine. And she's like, well, actually, you're really tight right there. And so then we'd start talking about that and start talking about the different muscles in your pelvic floor. And so I honestly think it was not awkward because we were talking the whole time. So, and there honestly were some times where I was like, I just need to lay here for a minute because this is like a lot and it's fine. Um, but it wasn't ever really awkward. It really, it really wasn't. It, I thought it was going to be a lot more awkward than it actually was. So if you're worried about that, if you're worried about it being awkward, just let that like, just kind of get out of your head. And if it is awkward, 
it's okay. It won't be awkward forever. So it wasn't, we just like chatted the whole time and it was fine. Like really, we talked about anything and everything. And it was also super interesting because she would tell me like, this was, oh gosh, this was like back in March when I was going just to like get ready for my gynecologist appointment. And we, I think I had I think it was also right around the time that I got blocked on Instagram from Matthew West because he, he blocked me because I was telling him that his song was not okay. <laughs> and she told me, she was like, after the therapy was over, she was like, you know, when you brought up certain topics, like your pelvic floor would clench up so much. And I was like, really? I don't feel it at all. Like I feel totally fine. And she's like, yep. She's like, that goes to show like your body is still holding on to some stuff that we need to like work through because your body's still holding on to this. If you are, if your pelvic floor is clenching up about it. And I was like, that's super interesting. So, you know, we would talk and it was also good for her to know like when I clench up and when I don't, if I'm talking about certain stuff. So it's not awkward. I think it's like fine. And that's also why I think it's super important for you to be close with your therapist because that just matters a lot with this kind of therapy. So, okay, friends, this was a long one. I We had a lot to talk about. So if you have any questions after listening to this episode, please feel free to send me a DM on Instagram at say.whatpodcast and we can chat about it because um, I'm sure you may have some like thoughts in your head after talking about all this. So please feel free to send me a DM. Um, but thank you guys for always asking questions and telling me your stories, filling me in on what's going on with you guys because I just love hearing about it. So um, thank you so much for hanging out with me today and we will talk soon. Bye.